Hello, everyone. Welcome to Launch Codes Football. My name is Chris. And I'm Chelsea, and Wrigley is currently sitting to my right watching us do this podcast, living his best life. I mean, he's a cute dog, so it works out. I mean, he is. Conlon's also here. Hello, Conlon. <laughs> he says hello, everyone. Um, so today, this is actually our first episode of Launch Codes Football. Woo woo! Um, and so I think we should first start out by saying our favorite teams for sure so the audience knows if we're being if they don't already know yeah if they don't know that's okay so you lead off go um, ahead so i would my favorite team is the carolina panthers been a panthers fan since i was a child went to games with my dad and just had a great time with those so yeah i know for me i am a born and raised midwesterner straight out of greenwood indiana i am born and raised a colts fan will never change no matter how many people try to talk me out of it that is all I have to say. Anyone who knows me knows that I am the biggest Colts fan that they will ever encounter in North Carolina. So that's really all I have to say about that. She's not even kidding. Like I'm really not. <laughs> and I got to give props. I had never met a Colts fan before Chelsea. Here, to be so. fair, before I moved here, I'd never met a Panthers fan. I so. mean, there really weren't many before Cam Newton. That, so. <laughs> that's a valid point. Um, so we're actually going to lead this week this um, episode by talking about week nine of the NFL season. So let's start off the discussion by talking about, speaking of Cam Newton, we're going to talk about New England and what's going Ooh. on. Yeah, I guess you being a Colts fan, you don't like New England. Oh, so. their decline brings me great joy. <laughs> so she might be partial in their downfall and be happy Absolutely. about Absolutely. So. Okay, well, so I want to kind of look into this whole deal. Let's Let's start from the beginning here. Cam Newton was a big name in the offseason for a lot of teams. Nobody was picking up on him. The Panthers cut him. They wanted to trade him, but they couldn't find a place for him. Eventually, New England picked him up for pretty cheap um, for a quarterback of his caliber. Only a million dollars. Which is crazy. Which I mean, is crazy, considering other quarterbacks that aren't as good as he was in his prime have $150 million contract deals. So. I mean, and it's, yeah, you're right. And it just, it amazed me that no team picked him up and I thought he was going to be good and healthy for this season. And I think there are times this season where he has really shown that he can be good. If you look at that game against Seattle, he threw for over 400 yards. For sure. He definitely showed his true colors. It's just if those are going to be consistent or not, because if he can't keep that up, he's not going to stay in the league as a starter much longer. And I think that's the issue. Cam is a, when he is on top five quarterback absolutely easily but when he's off he needs help from other things and you know i'm not sitting here i feel like cam has kind of had this excuse maybe through his career but i i really do feel as if it's a real excuse if you look at his time in carolina when he was a 2015 mvp you know who his best receiver was ted ginn jr oh yeah the og ted. ted ted ginn was good for the saints and magically started catching everything but when he was at carolina mediocre at best he he would he could burn anybody but he couldn't finish the play by catching the ball sounds like someone else i know i don't know know who who you're talking about but i I really any of you know who philip dorsett is you will know where my frustration stems from anyways (laughs) continue okay fair enough well so and then his second best receiver was a guy named Corey brown who actually did well for us but not the worst but not a standout wide receiver one guy he had a good year but yeah it's not your normal one he lost kelvin benjamin that year but he was able to because make kelvin work. benjamin was like top tier no just kidding well kelvin benjamin 
had a very good rookie year and then the second year being injured in training camp or or it was during the off season. And so we take a look at this and we look at today who Cam's receivers are. One of his best receivers is Demir Bird, which Yikes. No, no respect to Demir Bird disrespect to Demir Bird. In fact, I think he's actually a decent receiver, but Julian Edelman is declining. I think he's still a good receiver though. But because of Tom Brady? I I'm just I'm just saying, without I, Tom Brady, he's kinda trash. It's like Tom Brady made whom who made him who he is. Now that Tom's gone, he's not really that good. I'm just saying, fight me. I I don't know how I feel about it. There are some who really make Look a, at the numbers. There are some who make a case for him being a Hall of Fame receiver. Yikes. I don't know how I feel about that one yet. But I do think he does his job well, and I think Bill Belichick knows how to coach receivers and get the most out of them. So, or I don't know if he's specifically the one coaching the receivers. That's probably, um, but I think But he he's, kn- he's a top five coach in the NFL. So if anyone's going to get a bunch of nobodies to perform like a bunch of somebodies, it's going to be Bill Belichick. And you're right. I think that Belichick knows how to get the most out of his players. And I think everybody is blaming Cam this season. And I think to an extent they're not wrong, especially against the 49ers. He had a terrible game. Absolutely. Now, I understand he could have been had effect he could have had effects from COVID left over and their team has been hit um, by COVID-19, the hardest of any team in the NFL. Definitely. I, I definitely think that contributes to the fact that Cam is not playing up to his level. Even though most of the people who opted out on the Patriots were on the defense, they had all of their starters for their defense. He probably wouldn't be out there as long. He'd probably have more energy, more time to game plan, etc. So the loss of people to COVID definitely impacted the Patriots, but I don't think it's the only reason that they're doing bad, and I don't think you can singularly blame them for opting out for the fact that they're just bad. You're right, and I think... You, you are right. Now, losing seven defensive starters, that's going to kill anybody. That's a anybody. lot. That's but, half a defense. But their defense hasn't even been terrible this that's year true. in some games. Um, and again, I know against the Chiefs, you know, he got COVID, and he was not able to play there. And Jared Stidham, if I'm correct, he's yep. been out there. Patriots fans have been uh, crying for him. I noticed when a team is doing bad, all the fans just cry for the backup quarterback. Which, Tell me about it. <laughs> and... I understand. I've been there personally, but it's also kind of this, I think it's kind of irrational to think that a backup is going to save the franchise or save the season too. Yeah, it's one of those thoughts that every fan has that if you can just take that guy out, the other guy will definitely put us over the top. But the reality is the guy's the backup for a reason. Mm -hmm. Even the best backups in the NFL are not better than most of the starters. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. unless they're better than like, Sam Darnold because really anyone's better than Sam Darnold or Dwayne Haskins at this point based on what we've seen at this point in the season so I think this is kind of a little bit side topic but I do believe personally that Sam Darnold could be good on another team but we just I agree I think at this point he's very bad but I think if he got a second chance somewhere else he could definitely turn his career around but at this point with the Jets who are literally a dumpster fire on fire on fire He's not going to do anything there because Adam Gase is potentially the worst sports coach I've ever seen in my life. Not just football, not just professional football, all sports. The man is bad. I'm sorry, Adam. I don't mean to hate, but maybe you just need to go go back to being an assistant, man, because this is rough. Y'all can't see this, but I'm having to keep myself from dying laughing right now. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, and this is, you know, none of this is, like, disrespectful out of a person, but it just... For sure. You I'm sure to, he's a nice guy. Yeah. I'd love I, to meet him. I think just the problem you see with some of these teams, uh, you just... Some teams just don't want to move on or don't really... If you're poorly managed, you're not going to do well. This is true. And that's why I think New England still can turn things around even next year. If they give Cam Newton... If they were willing to give him one more year... I think maybe there could be a turnaround. I don't know if they will do that. Knowing but. Bill Belichick and how he has literally zero tolerance for anyone who sucks in his organization, it would not surprise me if they didn't bring him back. But if he ended the season on a high note and they didn't make the playoffs, I could easily see them re-signing him for a you know, sub $5 million mm-hmm. a year deal. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're not going to get anything better. They've won too many times to get a starting caliber quarterback in the draft. There's not really that many guys that they can pick up in free agency outside of Dwayne Haskins or Sam Darnold, and even they're not that enticing. So, I mean, if I had to pick between Sam Darnold, Dwayne Haskins, and Cam Newton, I'd pick Cam Newton 10 times out of 10, regardless of how he is playing or not playing. Because on paper, he's just a better athlete. He has a strong arm. He's one of the best runners in the league, if maybe ever, which, you know, most guys can't compare to that, so... Yeah, and I think I think that's fair. Like, and you know, I know obviously we have a draft of quarterbacks coming, specifically one that everyone wants. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Trevor Lawrence, the um, future Jet. Rip him, big Trevor. Yeah, I mean, if he comes out this year, nobody. He, we don't know if he will. He may. He okay, may not, to but... be fair, Trevor Lawrence is a guy of pretty high integrity. If he said he's going to come out, I'd be very surprised if he didn't. But he, that's just me. But also, if I was going to go to the Jets, I'd probably also consider it. But, you know. He did say he's keeping his options open. But now he's saying that. <laughs> he well, can blame it on COVID. Going, but kind of going back to what we were talking about, I think overall, New England situation, I think, look, if you're a Patriots fan, you just have to think this year, it may not be our year, you know, for once in the last 20 years. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> you don't have one year. We're the best team in the league. <laughs> Boo hoo. I'm crying silent tears. But. Kind of going off of the Patriots, let's look at the other side of the coin who's doing really well right now. Oh, yeah. Mr. Tom Brady. Um, last night against the New York Giants, the Tampa Bay Bucks were a heavy favorite, but they really, they kind of struggled. They played uh, down to the Giants, let's be honest. I think, and this makes me wonder, and just a question, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this, Chelsea. Do you think this game is a sign that that the Bucks need Antonio Brown? I don't know if it's a sign that they need Antonio Brown. If anything, Antonio Brown is just another gift that they got out of nowhere. I would say more than anything, rather than this being a sign they need Brown, I think that this game is proof of the worst that you'll see the Bucks play. Mm. Because I could easily see the Bucks playing like this against you know, the Seahawks or the Packers or the Chiefs. Like, this is a game that I could see the Bucks playing. Like, not terrible, good enough to almost win, but also not good enough to potentially not win. So I think this is the worst that you're going to see the Patriots play probably for the rest of the season. I don't know what happened to you them. They Tampa just Bay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady is stuck in my mind as a Patriot forever. <laughs> That's okay. I'm just but yeah, I think that this is probably the worst that you'll see the Bucks play this season because, you know, coming into the season, people, you had some people who were like, oh my gosh, they're going to win the Super Bowl. And then you had other people that were like, oh my gosh, they're overrated. So, I mean, 
I think they fall somewhere in between. They're definitely a playoff team, and they can definitely make a Super Bowl run. But if they play games like this, they're going to get crushed by the Seahawks or the Packers or the Chiefs yeah. or even the Steelers, who are still questionable in my opinion. But we'll mm-hmm. see. I th- that's interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on the Steelers later. I think, well, personally, I don't think this game is a sign that they need Brown. I, think I agree. What, I think this game, okay, when you – any team that is good, especially in the NFL, it's hard to blow out teams. Not that many blowouts. Unless happen. you're the Jets. Yeah, that's true. Even the Jets almost beat the Bills, or they were within one score of beating the that Bills. That is true. I that think is true. Sometimes, as a, even as professional athletes, sometimes there's a game on your schedule that you just kind of maybe overlook the team. And it's okay. I understand the Colts lost the Jets in our first game. Or not the Jets, the Jags in the our J- first game of the season. So trust me when I say... I know what it's like to play down to inferior opponents. <laughs> and in, they're all pros. And I do believe, like, you know, I don't think the Giants are an all-time bad team. I don't. I think agree. I think if we had to say anyone about that this season, the Jets, it'd be the Jets. The Jets We've been, are the worst team I've seen in a long time. Maybe the worst in my entire life, which yeah. is saying something. Because I've watched football since, like, 2000. We've been ripping the Jets today. I, I, maybe we need to chill. To any, be fair, they kind of earned it. I mean, any Jets fans out there, like, I don't want to make your pain worse, but they're but just. But, like, could it get worse, though? It's already <laughs> pretty bad. Well, but kind of sticking to this game, I think that something interesting that Mike Evans actually was saying, he talked about Antonio Brown not too long ago. And the quote goes like this He says, perfect. He's talking about Antonio Brown. He says, perfect, perfect. Evans said, he is an unbelievable receiver, one of the best of all time, yeah. and he's going to help us a lot. Hopefully he'll take some double teams off of me and just make plays like he always has. I think, I mean, yeah, when Brown is there and he's on the field, he is no doubt one of the best, if not the best, receiver or players on the field. There is no doubting that. I think we just have to look at some of the things that – He's done in the past now. We haven't heard from him much recently, but maybe just people got Which is a rarity, him. knowing the Antonio Brown we know today. Him not saying anything. It's like, whoa, what happened to him? I mean, I hope he's changed as a person. I, I mean, me too. Did. I hope he has. Because he's an unbelievable athlete. He's an unbelievable football player. He was amazing when he played for the Steelers, and that was where the arguments for him being a Hall of Fame caliber guy stem from was his time with the Steelers. So, I mean, he was really good with the Steelers. I mean, think about the wide receiver core of the Bucks now, right? They have Evans, they have Godwin, arguably two top 10 wide receivers in the league, along with Gronkowski, who had his coming out party a couple of weeks ago and is now finally playing like Tom Brady expected. And they have Ronald Jones, and they have Fournette, and they have, what's their other tight end? What's his face? Uh, Cameron Brait. And they had the other guy who got hurt, who's on IR now. And their line is, you know, halfway decent. So, I mean, it's not like their offense was really struggling without Brown. But, yeah. I mean, you throw Brown in there as the wide receiver three with Godwin and Evans. And, I mean, that's a juggernaut. I mean, I'd be surprised if anyone could stop that, even the best teams in the league. But it's going to be up to Brown if he chooses and puts in the work to play as good as people know he can play, then they will look like that. But if Antonio Brown, Antonio Browns, and is an idiot, then I don't really see it going anywhere. It's all about what he chooses chooses to do, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And, you know, I think kind of going off of that, I you have to look at someone like Tom Brady has played 
incredible for his age. I mean, he's 43, and against the Raiders, he threw, what, five touchdowns? I, I believe so, yeah. Or he had five touchdowns, four passing. He had a rushing touchdown, too, right, from, like, he the did. two? He did. I mean, he's playing incredible for 43. When Peyton Manning, I know you're partial to Peyton Manning. This is but, true, but, but continue. But when he was, what, 38? He hit a decline. He hit the cliff. He did, yeah. Um, and... And you know that's he why won he's the, the second best of all time. I hate to say it, but he is. He won the. Super he's Bowl. first in my heart, though. I think. Well, I think we look at all this, and we got to give Tom Brady respect. He's doing a lot of things. I don't think this game is that big a deal. They won the game, so I mean. And I mean, Brady didn't play terrible, right? He was twenty-eight of forty, two hundred seventy-nine yards, and two touchdowns. So I mean, it's not like he played terrible. If any other average quarterback in the league had a day like that, that'd be a good day for them. So a good day. For Tom Brady, or a bad day for Tom Brady is a good day for most NFL quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Tom Brady's not going to drop six touchdowns every week. I mean, he's not 26 anymore. He's, you know, not fresh into the league, living his best life. But, I mean, it's not like he underperformed. You could tell he was frustrated. And you could tell they weren't playing up to the capacity they had to play. But, you know, he was good enough. And that's really all that matters. I mean, did you see him cheering after the game ended? Whoever thought you'd see Tom Brady cheering about beating the Giants? Yeah. It's because he still has that vengeance against them I from the Super he's Bowl. Salty. Yeah. Hey, he... it, that Super Bowl was an indie. And I went to all the festivities in that. And it warmed my gosh darn heart when the Giants beat them in my home city. Let me just say. I mean, it was an incredible Super Bowl. Which, which one was this? Was this the first time they met or the second time? Oh, gosh. I want to say the second time. Okay. But honestly, not sure off the top of my head. Don't take off my head because I don't know. I'm not perfect. <laughs> well, but I mean, look at Daniel Jones. He was 25 of 41, two interceptions and two pit, two interceptions and two touchdowns. So, I mean, his stat line, you know, completion-wise, was about the same as Brady. He had the same amount of touchdowns, but the picks just killed him. And that's really been the story of Daniel Jones' career up to this point, his turnover problems, his inconsistency. Mm-hmm. If he can't get it turned around, Giants will be drafting a quarterback in the next three years again. Yeah. I mean, it's Daniel Jones, yeah, the two interceptions, you just you can't throw that and expect to win. Against the games. against the Bucks. You can't throw picks and then expect to beat the Bucks. Yeah. Especially with Tom Brady. I agree. And I think just looking at the Giants in general, I mean, they're obviously not the worst team in their division, but they... Which they is have... saying something, because the <laughs> NFC East, you want to talk about a dumpster fire that's worse than the Jets. That whole division is a dumpster fire. The team, a team literally might win at six and nine. Six and nine. That is wild. Six and ten, right? Wait, like, Yeah. I think well, it'd be six and ten. You know what I mean. <laughs> you get my drift. It's okay. It's okay. Hey, we're not like you said, none of us are perfect. So well, speaking of some better football, let's talk about Dalvin Cook's monster game. Let me tell you, I was a very happy man in fantasy this week. I had Dalvin Cook starting this week, and and I had DK Metcalf in another league, and let me tell you, they carried me hard today. I had Aaron Rodgers. I was sad. Oh, I mean And and I had Aaron Jones, who was out. Oh, so I was living my best life this week in fantasy. <laughs> dang. Well, let's talk about it. I mean, this was a huge, This was a pretty big upset. Green Bay was the favorite. Heavy favorite. Heavy favorite. I mean, they had just beaten Minnesota not too long ago. Yeah. Pretty badly. Or, you know, it was by a decent score. Good enough to leave an impression in people's minds, mm-hmm. at least. And Aaron Rodgers had an incredible day that day. Oh, yeah. 
And as but, you would expect, I mean, the Vikings aren't top tier of the NFL. They're mediocre at best. Yeah, I think that's something. So I just look at this game and it just it seems I mean, Dalvin Cook was on a mission to win this game. He carried the team on his back literally and figuratively. Now, you know, I personally don't know a ton about the Vikings and everything, but I do realize like Vikings are one in five. Green Bay has a winning record and they're considered one of the beasts of the NFC. And For so sure. I think, but you got to wonder also, I'm, I don't want to blow this game out of proportion, but now this is two games where Green Bay has not looked good. They lost against Tampa bat. I mean, Oh yeah. They got crushed. They, they were crushed by Tampa and now they've lost to Minnesota and it wasn't necessarily that close. It was, it was a domination in a lot of ways. At least, and to me, Green Bay, I thought, I think, is a Super Bowl contender, and I really think, you know, the tra- the trade deadline just happened a couple hours ago, and they, I don't think they went and got a receiver. Or Talk about the most boring trade deadline of my entire life, but that's later. Yeah, I think if you look at them, I mean, I don't blame them for getting maybe a future quarterback like Jordan Love. I don't really understand what their goal is with Jordan Love because. In my opinion, you're you're using your first round pick on a guy. Maybe you're very high on him, but you don't seem to need a quarterback unless you're banking on Rodgers getting injured, which I mean, he has been injured in the past, but I don't really think you can just bet on that or that's a good idea to bet on whereas you can get him a receiver or somebody like that to help him out. So it was a puzzling move and Packers fans today still don't understand what Oh it yeah, was they're about. still salty. I mean, I can see why they did it, and I can see why they shouldn't have. Realistically, you could have Jordan Love groomed under one of the best quarterbacks of our generation, one of the best quarterbacks of the 2010s. So, I mean, if you're going to put a rookie under anyone in the league right now, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that you'd pick. If you can have him tutor and be the study under Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that's going to grow him exponentially as a player. Mm -hmm. But the reality is Aaron Rodgers could still play at a high level for the next five years. Jordan Love's not going to sit on the bench for five years. I don't think he's going to sit on the bench longer than two years. So, I mean, if it's year three and Aaron Rodgers is still playing strong, I think they trade Love, and then it just makes the pick look useless. Yeah. I think, I mean, we look at it, the Green Bay Packers have had the luxury of having two starting quarterbacks in the past how many years? As a Colts fan, I can relate. I mean, I went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, so I mean. Yeah. And before that, we had Johnny Unitas, so I mean, I understand. I think so. Maybe the Packers are hitting gold again. We don't know, but we'll have time to will see tell. How, we'll have to see how that pick turns out. So next, we're gonna go to Tua's first start. Chelsea, if you want to take this topic on, for sure. When we saw Fitz Magic get benched for the Dolphins, the football world was in shock. Fitz Magic had been living his best life. He had been playing well. He had a decent touchdown to interception ratio. He had carried his team to victories. It all looked well. It looked like Tua was learning a lot under him. It looked like he wasn't going to be required to play yet. And they were in contention for the AFC East. And then all of a sudden, Dolphins Brass announced that Tua was going to be the starter. And Twitter imploded. Absolutely imploded, as it always does. And again, I see why they did it, and I see why they didn't. I mean, Tua starting this season was inevitable. It was going to happen eventually he wasn't going to go a whole his whole rookie season without starting a game for the Miami Dolphins that's just not that wasn't going to happen but I mean Fitzpatrick was on such a high he was doing 
you know, considerably well for who he is as a player. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is, but he started on Sunday and honestly, he was mediocre at best. I mean, they lined up their play calling and their selection to be very conservative and very moderate because they didn't want to want to just drop him in the deep end. All right. Because that wouldn't have gone well. Never goes well for rookies when you just drop them in the deep end usually. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he was 12 of 22. So 50% completion percentage. It's not really that impressive. A touchdown. I mean, he got his first touchdown. So that's a cool memento for yeah. Tua for sure. And then He had one strip sack fumble on the second play from scrimmage against the Rams. Aaron Donald welcomed this kid to the league in probably the rudest way possible. He showed up right behind him, batted that ball out of his hands, and Tua was standing there like, I don't even know what just happened. I was like, welcome, dude. That is the premier defensive player in the league right now, and he showed you why he is that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was probably definitely a wake-up call to Tua. I imagine him going over to the sideline and being like, Coach, what just happened? And coach being like, welcome to the league, kid. So, I mean, so Aaron Donald is very good. We know that. I mean, this was a shocking win for the Dolphins. The Dolphins beat the Rams, and the Rams are a playoff caliber team. Are they real or are they not real? I don't know, but I think they're good enough to make the playoffs. I mean, if they're better than the NFC East, they'll make the playoffs, and they're better than the NFC East. So, I mean, they'll make the playoffs at best. I don't think that they're a contender, but they're definitely good enough. The Dolphins smacked them. Yeah. They smacked them. That was bad. And, I mean, Tua was carried by all three facets of his team. You know, on offense, he had some really good catches from his receivers. They got a fumble return touchdown on defense against Goff. And then they had, I think it was a punt return touchdown as well. So, I mean, he had two touchdowns. He didn't even have to contribute from his team, which I'm sure, you know, took a lot of stress off of his shoulders for sure. But, you know, they ran conservative play calling for him. And the coaches talked about how the more reps that he gets, the better he'll look. And that's for all rookies. I mean, the more they play, the better they'll look and the more impressive they'll look to other teams. So, I mean, he was out there for, what, three or four drives? It's not like he was out there for a substantial amount of time against a Rams team. So he wasn't going to be like 25 of 30 for 350 yards and four touchdowns. Like, that just wasn't realistic for his first start. But, I mean, his completion percentage was about 50%. His yards per attempt was 4.0, which is not that good. Probably stems from checkdowns and screens and stuff. And his passer rating was 80.3. That doesn't really tell us much about him, as their offensive coordinator, Chan Gailey, um, really just put his rookie into full checkdown and caretaker mode. He didn't want to see him get smacked around by Aaron Donald, so he just had it check it off to the backs and the you know short receivers and everything in the backfield. Mm-hmm just to keep him safe and protect him. But he did show some of his special qualities to end the first quarter. He had a three-minute, six-play, 33-yard march to the end zone. With Ramsey down, he threw an absolute bullet to Jakeem Grant for 15 yards, and he happened to realize that Jalen Ramsey was out for the Rams this week. So that definitely helped him. Mm-hmm. So he went after his you know replacement, like anyone would, and wrecked him, which is cool for him as a rookie. But he got a touchdown pass to Devontae Parker on an inside route, so he was accurate enough to do that. He got the ball out quick enough. So, I mean, he definitely has promise. He's no Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow currently, but that's because they started out starting for their teams, more or less. You know, Tua didn't get that. You know, we're going into, what, week 10, week 9 next week? So, I mean, you know, that's half the season he's missed, at least. 
So, I mean, you know, he's not going to have the same amount of experience as those other rookie quarterbacks, but that does not diminish him as a player, nor does it diminish him as a person. So, like I said, wasn't the most impressive, but it wasn't catastrophically bad. I don't think it was bad enough to put Fitz back in. I think that Fitz's feelings were really hurt because they took him out, and I kind of felt bad for him because he was doing real good, you know? But as if, I mean, regarding the playoffs, do I think that Tua will carry it into the playoffs? No, I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year, but I think they'll get closer than they have in a long time, and that's progress for the Dolphins. Not even a wild card with the seventh team coming in this year? I mean, I think that there are better teams that could make it. Wouldn't surprise me as they got the last seed, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. Like, you know, if it th- I think if they made the playoffs, they'd be out in the first round. Okay. Like, I don't think that they'd, you know, do anything significant. Which is amazing, by the way, considering sure. last year they were throwing away players that is to, true. for the tank, you know. Yeah. I do wonder. It's definite improvement, for sure. If they start turning this around, is this going to encourage other teams to start tanking more? Is that going to be a more viable option? Because right now, tanking. So we look at another league that has kind of, in my opinion, it influence this whole tank thing is the nba with oh, the philadelphia yeah. 76ers mm-hmm. um them sitting the their tank. players just because they feel like it and just embracing the tank now i think in the nba you can, if for those of you who may not know you can't get the number one pick by being the worst you have to get the number one you can get within a lottery and they have ping pong balls and if you're it's pretty cool actually pulled, yeah it's like bingo and the the worst you are you the more ping pong balls you get. So the bigger chance you'll get the number one pick. But I actually kind of like that system in a weird way. I know some people may hate it. It's part and chance and part statistics. I I think it encourages teams to actually try. And so I look at a team like the Dolphins. They seem to really turn it around. I think they have a good coach in Brian Flores. Yeah, he's I, a good coach. And I think that Tua is can be a good starter for them. You know, you're right. He didn't have an incredible rookie debut, but who's going to have an incredible rookie debut against guys like Aaron Donald? And yeah, a- against a top-tier NFL defense. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to get anything spectacular out of him. But something I want to also talk about a little bit is Jared Goff. I mean, something that I had read, and apparently an announcer brought this up, and I thought this was interesting. What the Dolphins were doing was they were cutting off Jared Goff's bootleg, which for those of you who don't know, it's where you run off to the side and you throw the ball instead of throwing it in um, in the pocket. Um, and so they, they were cutting off Jared Goff's bootleg, and it was, I mean, as you can see, it really worked. I mean, they had four turnovers off of them. And that got, that's got to make you wonder, are other teams going to look at this film and say, if we do this to Goff, is he going to be able to adapt and learn? If we'll the Dolphins see. can do it, we can do it. That's what some might think. You know, are the Seahawks looking at this? Are the Cardinals? I have no doubt somebody's trying to find that film or get it. And so I think that, especially in their division, they're going to have to correct correct those mistakes against guys like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. Even the 49ers, even they're not that bad of a team. Um, and I think... At least on paper. Yeah. They did just lose Kettle, Kittle and Garoppolo for eight-plus weeks, both of them. So they're definitely going to be bad now. Oh, dang. Yeah. I, I actually didn't even know that. Um, yeah, Kittle has a high ankle sprain out eight weeks. And no, Kittle broke a bone in his foot out eight weeks and Garoppolo has a high ankle sprain isn't out indefinitely. So I'd be surprised if they make the playoffs now. 
But if you have all their starters like they did at the beginning of the season, they're obviously one of the most talented rosters in the league for yeah. sure. I mean, it's leftover from their Super Bowl run uh, last year. That was unsuccessful, but yeah. that's fine. Um, so the next topic we have are, this is partial to you. Yeah, it is. How real do you think the Colts are, Chelsea? Do you think they're fake Biased or, or unbiased? Um, probably go unbiased, but. Yeah, yeah, all right. So we went out on Sunday and absolutely manhandled the Lions, which is not really saying much. I mean, the Lions are the Lions. It's not like they're the cream of the crop of the they're NFL. Like but good up until the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then it made it that which made it even more interesting when they played like the Falcons. It almost was like who was gonna blow open the game. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, continue. So Philip Rivers had his best game of the season, right? He threw three interceptions, not three interceptions. That'd be really bad. He threw three touchdowns and I believe over 300 yards, no picks, no fumbles, had a, you know, decent completion rate. And, you know, I think that that's promising for the Colts. Um, I don't think that he's a long-term solution for the Colts, but I think it's promising for this season as he started out not great. (laughs) And a lot of Colts fans were calling for his head and wanted Jacoby Brissett and Jacob Eason to come in. And Eason's unproven and is a rookie and would probably be even worse. But that's fine. So, I mean, he started out his season bad. His last two games, his touchdown-interception ratio is 6-1. to one. So, I mean, he's definitely improved. It seems like he's getting a lot more comfortable in the Colts system because, you know, he played in... San Diego. So, I mean, the system's a lot different in Indy. So, he had to learn a lot of new plays, get acquainted with players, coaches, etc. So, I do think that this game is an example of when you will see Phillip Rivers at his best. I think his best is three, four touchdowns, zero picks, 300 yards plus. Maybe 65% completion percentage. Okay. I think that his worst is one of the games he had earlier. Like, when he played against the Jags, he was, like, one touchdown for two picks and, like, a 45% completion ratio. Which, like, don't quote me, not sure if those are his actual numbers. But what I'm saying is that he was not good. So I think that we're going to get the most the most consistent Philip Rivers that we're going to get is in the middle. And I would say that's probably three touchdowns to one interception. You know, not perfect, but not catastrophically bad either. Like, good enough to win, but not Patrick Mahomes, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's his his middle, and I think that's what we're going to see the most often. I don't think we're going to see five touchdown Tom Brady games from Phillip Rivers at this point in his career, but I do think he's better than every other quarterback we have on our roster currently. So that is reassuring to me as a fan and as an analyst, just seeing his progression as the league has continued. Um, as for Jonathan Taylor, I screamed when we drafted Jonathan Taylor. So I'm a Midwesterner, right? Wisconsin is my nemesis. Do I cheer for them sometimes because I like I actually like them? Yeah. But let me just say, Jonathan Taylor wrecked the Hoosiers and the Boilermakers more times than I can count. It felt like he was in college for nine years with the amount of yards he ran up on us. So when the Colts drafted him, I about fell out of my chair. I screamed. I was so excited because I had seen him wreck us for four years. I mean, he's one of the best running backs that has come out of Wisconsin, if not out of the Big Ten in the last 10 years. So, I mean, he has a lot of promise. He's currently struggling with indecisiveness. He doesn't know what holes he wants to hit. He doesn't know what cuts he wants to make, and he doesn't know when to make them. 
which, you know, that's something that's going to come with the more touches he gets, the more experience he gets, the more he plays, those things will come naturally. But it sucks that they haven't come naturally yet. As someone who watched him and what he did in college, you would think that he'd come into the league really knowing how to do those things and, you know, being a superstar right out of college. But, you know, that's just not the reality. You know, some rookies come into the league and they blow it up and some come into the league and are mediocre, but that doesn't make them bad. So I think that's what we're seeing. I mean, he needs to be more patient, obviously. But I think if he can fix his patience problems and his indecisiveness, I think that he will be unstoppable because we have a top three line in the league. So if they can block well enough, he'll get 150-yard games consistently. It's just whether or not he's willing to put in the work to get better at those things. And, I mean, Frank Reich said that the Colts would play the hot hand at running back. I mean, we played Jordan Wilkins. He's our third-string running back out of Ole Miss. I think it's like his third or fourth season in the league. No one in the NFL even knows who he is. He had 86 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, he's not bad. We drafted him for a reason. He's just not Jonathan Taylor. But, I mean, to win a game, you have to play the hot hand, and that's what Reich's going to do. He's not afraid to sit Jonathan Taylor right on the bench and give him a talking to if he's not living up to his standard. So, I mean, time will tell how well he does. And then Naheem Hines, he just does backflips everywhere. I mean, you can't go wrong with that guy. That was he's, impressive. He's cool. I mean, I can never do that. Mad props to him. But I think that, you know, Taylor will come around. I don't think his season is lost. I don't think he's a bust. All the things, the hot takes you see on Twitter and Instagram, I don't think any of those things are true. I think he's just developing slower than people anticipated, and that's okay. doesn't make him bad, but, you know, he'll come around. Okay. As for T.Y. Hilton, I don't know what's happened to him. I drafted him in full confidence on my fantasy team. The most points I've gotten this year is six. <laughs> six points for the wide receiver one of the Indianapolis Colts, and it makes me really sad because he's the man, and I know what he's capable of. And I know that he can play really well. I just think he's falling off a cliff, which really sucks for the Colts because he's really our only true wide receiver one. So every other receiver we put on the field is not a wide receiver one. Mm. But that hasn't bit us in the butt yet. But I have a feeling it will in the next four weeks. But time will tell. So hopefully he comes around. Watch him have like a breakout game against one of the top teams in the league. I mean, we play the Ravens this week at one on Sunday. Watch him have like 150 passing yards and three touchdowns against the Ravens. And then all the fans are going to be like, why couldn't you do this against the Jets? It's the Jets or the Jags or the Lions or even the Raiders or the Bears. I mean, Bears defense, you know, they're pretty good. But even still, bless you. (laughs) As for the defense, Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner, they can change a game single-handedly. I mean, it was Darius Leonard's first game back into the Colts in three weeks, I believe, three or four weeks. And he shut that game down. He got a strip sack fumble that ended up getting picked up by his teammate and it turned into a touchdown a few plays later. So he can obviously transform a game, as can Buckner. I mean, you might not see Buckner on the stat sheet, but the pressure that he applies every play, I mean, that impacts a quarterback every single play, inevitably. So it's really cool to see both of those superstar guys on our defense really carrying the team so far this season. Even though one of them was hurt, the defense has carried Philip Rivers, you know, started out mediocre, and the fans were not impressed with the defense is easily top five, in my opinion. I mean, really? you got the Bears, you got the Steelers, you got the Chiefs. I mean, Colts are up there. If they're not top five, they're top seven at least. They're good. They're legit. And they're about to see if they're as legit as they think they are in this next four-game stretch. Because, I mean, we play the Ravens, we play at Tennessee, we play the Packers, and then we play Tennessee at home. So, I mean, that's one of the hardest four-stretch games of any team in the league this season. So, we're about to see how good we are. Hmm. And I don't know if the defense will hold up against those teams. 
I mean, the Packers have shown they can be shut down. The Ravens have shown that Lamar Jackson is not perfect. He's no Patrick Mahomes. And the Titans, I mean, they got shut down by the Bengals. The Bengals. And we're better than the Bengals. So, I mean, we'll see. But, I mean, this stretch is going to show the team's true colors. And another game to think about is Pittsburgh. I mean, we play at Pittsburgh later in the season. Arguably the best team in the league. So, I mean, that'll be a fun one to watch as well. Hopefully we start getting some national stream airtime so I can watch the games. <laughs> but I, I will be able to watch the Ravens game this week. They're airing it on TV. Will the Panthers be on? Yeah. Am I going to watch the Panthers? No. <laughs> I'm hurt. I know. I'm sorry. I'm, it's okay. Uh, as for my season prediction, I think that the farthest the Colts will make it is the divisional round in the AFC. I do think that will lose to either the Chiefs or the Steelers or the Ravens, one of those teams. Don't think we can make it through those teams in the playoffs, especially peak playoff Patrick Mahomes. I don't think the Colts' offense is good enough to keep up with that yet. But record prediction, I say 9-7. and seven. I'd like to say higher, but looking at our schedule, I think we're going to drop some of those hard games. I think it'll be close, but I think we're going to drop them. But hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully we end up like 10-4. and four. Yeah. Maybe we win out the rest of the season. If we did, I'd cry. Happy tears. So we'll have to see, but that's that's what I think. Yeah, I think it's interesting looking just at the Colts in general. I think they they don't get talked about, but they're winning. So, and if they keep doing that, they'll eventually get their talk. They'll get talked about. It just it does hurt me a little bit. It feels like this team was just built for Andrew Luck specifically. I know. Ugh. <laughs> I cry every time. I just hope he comes back as a coach, man. And I think he will. I think he'll be involved with the Colts again soon. But all these people are like, maybe we only signed Philip Rivers to a one-year deal because Andrew Luck's going to come out of retirement next year and come play for us again. I'm like, no, you're delusional. He literally retired to spend time with his one-year-old daughter. That's not happening. I'm sorry. But it does hurt me. I wish that he was still here when he retired. I cried tears, not going to lie. And then Luke Keekley retired. And then all you Panthers fans understood my dilemma. It yeah. hurts. Yeah, it does hurt. It hurts. It's definitely a team built from Andrew Luck. They have a good line, which Andrew Luck never had. They have three starting caliber running backs, which Andrew Luck never had. They have halfway decent receivers, which Andrew Luck never had. A good defense, which Andrew Luck never had. Heck, this team's built for Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning could win like four Super Bowls with this team. But of course he had to retire. Thanks, Peyton. Okay, in fairness, didn't... Um, y'all let him go. <laughs> to be fair, from our perspective, he had been hurt, hadn't played, and was aging. So from that perspective at that time, it looked like the correct move, especially with the strong quarterback class that was coming up that year. Obviously, we regretted it later. Obviously, I was happy when Peyton won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Obviously, I don't like the Broncos. I like Peyton Manning. I'm just saying, all the people who say that Peyton Manning retired as a Bronco, no, he did not. You know who has a statue in front of their stadium of Peyton Manning? Indianapolis. You know who doesn't? Denver. That's all I have to say on the matter. He did not retire a Bronco. No matter how many salty Bronco fans want to say, he's our quarterback, he won a Super Bowl. No, shut up. You did not have him for 15 plus years. I'm sorry. I think... Yeah, I'm. maybe some Denver fans might challenge you on that. They but. can. I dare them. <laughs> Message us on Twitter. I think um, if you look at just in general, I mean, the past Colts teams, 
it was always the thing of they got Peyton Manning, they got this high flying offense, but yep. n- they couldn't stop anybody. Oh, the good old days of Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison and Dallas Clark and Peyton Manning and Edrin James and Bob Sanders. Dream team. Well, I think, yeah, I mean. Dallas or Brandon Stokely, he was the man. I, I just think that just looking back at that, it, it almost just seems like not much has changed today except I just I wish this team had Andrew Luck on it overall. But, As do I. But maybe um, we'll trade up for the first pick and take Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. If we did, I kid you not, I'd probably pass out. Someone <laughs> come check on me on draft day because I might be passed out on my couch. Fair enough. Well, let's go into our next topic. So I think next, I think it'd be a good idea for us to get into like some maybe some recaps of maybe what we found interesting in this week or some different games. So one of the interesting ones was the upset that the Bengals pulled on the Titans. Um, crazy. I mean, the Bengals hadn't really, they won one game, I think, before yep. this week, and they tied another. And Joe Burrows looked good, but, I mean, they were able to pull that win out, and that was yeah. a good team. So Yeah, that was definitely a good win for the Bengals, especially against an a, a potential AFC contender, mm-hmm. um, which you're not going to see the Bengals win many games like that if you've watched the NFL over the last 20 years that has not happened a lot but I mean the Tennessee offense was not good I mean Derrick Henry was better than every other running back who would have played them that week I mean he still put up what 75 yards and a touchdown which is good but like we're used to Derrick Henry putting up like 150 yards and three touchdowns like that's a win for the Bengals yeah and hey, I mean, you got to give them props. They were able to win the game. Sometimes, you know, as I've heard the saying goes, any given Sunday. Um, so these teams are professional teams with professional players for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I also want to look at the Saints and Bears game. I thought that one was interesting. Um, I know everyone's just talking about the fight, but ignoring that. Um, I mean, it because, was a pretty epic fight. I mean, it was. Not that I, you know, stand for people fighting. I'm just saying it was fun to watch on TV. I, I know what you mean. I mean, I'm glad no one was hurt. I think. I mean, who punches a man with a helmet? Are you stupid? Um. Well, I think. Yeah. That. And if you want my take on that fight, real quick, I basically think that the the Bears player um was very selfish in that way the Bears yeah. offense is just not good oh it's bad they, they we want, played them they put up like nine against us they want to be <laughs> a bad super bowl team they their want defense to... is super bowl caliber mm-hmm. their offense is a flaming pile of garbage not as flaming as the jets but still bad i think you you have to look at it like this you see Nick Foles is a decent quarterback, and I think, and obviously, he won a Super Bowl. He went through the playoffs and won one. I, but I kind of look at it this way. Their offense just can't move the ball. They had a few. They don't have a good running back. Montgomery's they, mediocre at best. They had a few good catches downfield, and they had some things go their way. But another thing is that fight, what that did was it was selfish, in my opinion, because it was thought of, and it was weighted on and then it was acted out and they lost 15 yards like their teammates weren't even happy it was it didn't even seem to them like you know sometimes when that stuff happens people are defensive of their teammate maybe they were but it seemed to me more like they were upset like this like they knew this was a bad idea and they were losing yards so 
I don't know. I I think that game overall, though, proves the Saints are a good team. The Bears, I think, are good on defense, and that'll win them a few games. I think they're just, if they really want to get a Super Bowl run in, they're going to have to turn that offense around. And I will say, Allen Robinson is legit. Yeah. He is a legit wide receiver, a legit wide receiver one. If you put him on a te- on a team like the Bucks or the Saints or the Colts or the Ravens, he'd have 100-plus yards a week. But he's, poor thing, stuck on the Bears. If I was him at trade deadline, I would have asked for a trade out of there. Yeah. Because, I mean, you put him on a Super Bowl caliber team, and that man could go off against anyone in the league. He's really talented. That's who I want the Colts to go after, but – Alas, it was a pipe dream and not realistic, but that's okay. Yeah, I, I think Allen Robinson. I mean, he he really helped them out, and you just you look at the Bears' offense. I think it's it's. I always kind of felt as if maybe they were a little bit of an old-fashioned team, run the ball, play defense, and they. I can't, mean, that's the NFC for you. It's NFC North. Your old-fashioned football <laughs> running, fullback owning teams two and a half yards in a cloud of dust two and a half <laughs> yards every drive sounds like someone i played madden hmm. look if it works it works does Anyways. it work though does it really well moving on um <laughs> there is another game probably game of the week so far was steelers and ravens for sure um chelsea what did you think of that game i mean i watched that whole game that was a crazy game the Ravens had the Steelers on their toes. Ben Roethlisberger did not look good. The receivers did not look good. You know, Ravens' defense was playing lights out for the first two quarters. And then halftime happened. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger, and came out in the second half and dropped like three touchdowns on them. But, I mean, I think it speaks to how you can argue that the Steelers are one of the best teams in the league because of their resiliency. You know, a lot of teams get in a two, three touchdown hole and they give up, you know. They don't think that they can win. But the Steelers, they didn't think that. They came all the way back and won. So, I mean, I think that speaks to their character of their team. I think it speaks to their coaching. I think it speaks to their players, their staff, you know, everyone on the team. Like, that was a team victory. That was not just a Ben Roethlisberger or a James Conner victory or a Juju Smith-Schuster victory or a Chase Claypool victory. That was a team victory. So, I think that it was really impressive on the part of the Steelers, and I think it was really unimpressive on the part of the Ravens. Like, you'd think having Lamar Jackson and, you know, a pretty stellar defense that you'd be able to hold a lead, but they didn't. And, I mean, they cracked, man. I mean, they fell apart. Lamar turned the ball over. Lamar's throwing was not all that impressive. J.K. Dobbins was impressive. He needs the start over Mark Ingram, in my opinion. But, I mean, really outside of that, I think it, you know, contributes to the argument that people have that Lamar Jackson's not clutch. Every playoff game that he's played in, he's not done good. Every big game that he's played in since he's come into the league, he hasn't won. He's like one in five in clutch big games. Now, does that mean that he's a bad player? No. Does that mean that he can't ever win those games? No. But that's his identity currently. And if they want to make it to the Super Bowl, he can't do that. He can't be throwing the ball into tight windows and getting it picked off in double coverage. He can't be coughing the ball up, running down the field, with his arm sticking out like a chicken wing. I mean, you're not going to win the Super Bowl plays like that. And, I mean, look at his receivers. Marquise Brown, talk about another guy drafted on my fantasy team. He's done nothing. Only got, like, six points from him in this whole league, this whole year. 
I mean, he's been terrible. Their receivers are mediocre at best. Mark Andrews is falling off a cliff. I mean, we all remember what he did last year. So, I mean, I think their offense looks really good on paper. You know, I think that they have the capacity to beat anyone in the league, but the fact of the matter is they're not living up to it. And if they're going to win a Super Bowl, they're going to have to get their offense in line. And if they don't, they're not going anywhere. I think you're right. I mean, I don't know at this point if I can call Lamar Jackson not clutch. I think you are right. He hasn't got it done in big ga- in big games, especially, I mean, the one that immediately comes to mind is last year. Now, I do personally think the Titans were hot. They were going, and I think... Even still, though, I mean, he won MVP. You're right. Now, something I think that Baltimore's style of offense does, it's very... You know, with J.K. Dobbins, with Mark Ingram, with Lamar Jackson, they want to run the football. They want to run it, and they want to take a lead, and they want to take their time. They're not normally going to beat you passing. They can pass. I do believe they can, but I think normally they want to run the ball over you. And that's a good and fine strategy, but... Until it gets shut down and you become Mm one-dimensional. I agree. I mean, you even look at, like, the Tennessee Titans. They were shut down by the Bengals, and... And they they had... yeah, the they, myth, the legend. And so I wanna, I wanna put it like this. I think the Ravens' style of offense makes it hard for them to come back when they're down. I agree. If they're down 14, 21 points, obviously it's hard to win a game in general when yeah, you're down for 21. Sure. But I think especially with Baltimore, it's hard for them to really get quick scoring going because that's just not their style. And it's not that they don't have explosive guys on offense. I mean, Lamar is explosive. J.K. Dobbins has the hard, the the biggest yards per carry in the whole league, and he's only played like he's played less than 100 snaps. Like, that's crazy. It's like seven yards or something. So he's explosive. Their receiver, like Brown, he has the capacity to be explosive. He was a good player in college. Andrews has the capacity to be explosive. They just aren't playing like it. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was a great game. Um, wish oh, it that was one, a good game. Yeah. I, I wish that one was the Sunday night game and not the horrid Dallas versus... Yeah, whoever uh, keeps Eagles. putting the, the NFC East for the Sunday night games, they need to like get it demoted or something because this is ridiculous i mean i understand you don't necessarily know who's gonna be good before the season starts but i'm just saying every sunday night game that i've seen recently the score has been like 13 to 9 who (laughs) wants to watch sunday night football when the score is 13 to 9 that's all field goals i'm just saying why the ratings are down (laughs) i mean you put the nfc east on sunday night football and i feel like that's adequate explanation for why your ratings are down Specifically the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, man. Talk about a flaming pile of garbage. Not as bad as the Jets, but still bad. But, um, man, if only the Jets and Dallas played each other this year. Oh, my gosh. I really don't know who would win. The Jets (laughs) might actually win. They might tie. I could see that. Uh, (laughs) If that happened, that would be the storyline of 2020 NFL. (laughs) Be like, encapsulate 2020 NFL in one sentence. The Jets... And the Dak Prescott-less Cowboys tied on Sunday Night Football by a score of 5-5. Five to five. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That would be beautiful. But um, aside from that, so I believe we have um, a little bit of a hot take. Do oh, yeah, I think we do. Okay. From our uh, secret guest contributor. We'll have to see what you guys think of this. See how you guys react to this. So I think we should explain a little bit of what this looks like. For sure. Go ahead. So I think 
what we want to do in each episode is we want to have a secret guest contributor. We're not going to say who it is. We're going to. That's keep why it it's a secret. And I think, and each week they're going to give their hot take, and we're going to talk about it. Sometimes they might even come on come on the show. Who knows? Who knows? So, but let me just say, when I say hot take, I don't mean lukewarm take. I mean hot. You are near the sun. Hot take. This is serious. <laughs> Okay, so Chelsea, would you like to read our hot take? Oh, yeah, yeah. And disclaimer, it was not me who did this hot take. Mm. So when you guys <laughs> inevitably follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to the YouTube channel. And subscribe to the YouTube channel. And our at is at Launch Codes Football. Check us out on social media. You can respond to this hot take on our socials. So here we go. Hot take of the week. Justin Herbert is currently a better quarterback than Kyler Murray and will be for his whole career. Thoughts? Dang. Uh, <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, this is, I, I didn't actually know what this hot take was going to be before See, I we did because I had to write it down. So that's why you're talking about I it. I think, okay, you know. Okay, let, I, let me let me preface. If we're going to base it off of the touchdown-to-interception ratio this season, Kyler Murray is 13 touchdowns, 7 picks, right? That's not that good. That's mediocre at best, right? He's a clutch guy, plays good in good games, you know, beat the Seahawks. You know, he's a good player. Justin Herbert, not starting the whole season, 15-5. and five. I'm just saying, maybe this isn't as hot of a take as people expect it to be. What do you think? You know, Justin Herbert, for his first year and going to the Chargers and making the Chargers competitive. The Chargers. I mean, they lost Phillip Rivers. He was the man for the Chargers. And he they just plugged him right in, and he was fine. I don't think anyone expected that. They're making the Los Angeles Chargers competitive. That's what the Chargers. Justin Herbert is doing. They're bad. And I think Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. We'll have to see how he... Com- how he develops and he had a good win the other night against seattle but you also gotta look kyler murray has so many weapons he has deandre hopkins he has larry fitzgerald the he fitz has, <laughs> he has Kenyon drake he has chase edmonds he has chase edmonds he's got christian kirk he's got so many weapons justin herbert has keenan allen i will say yep. that who's the man mike I, williams who like not is not any deandre hopkins but is better than a lot of receivers in the league I just... That's it, really it. That's it. I mean, he's got two guys. As someone who has Keenan Allen on my fantasy team, he's really the only person he has. Keenan Allen gets like 25 points a week. Now, I think Austin Eckler is a good back. He is. Um, he's I, a good running back. They I, lucked out with him after I, Gordon left. I think that they have good players on their team. It's easy to see that. I mean, when they played the Saints, I mean, the, they had some... Mike Williams made a great catch at the end. He and They should have won the game. They should have. And even as a Panthers fan myself, I kind of... I acknowledge that the Chargers were one play away from beating us. I know it was kind of a trick play, but all they had to do was catch that thing and they would have had the touchdown to For win sure. the game. Yeah. And so... So, I, I mean, just, half of their losses shouldn't have been losses. So, you look at their record, their record's really not as bad as it's painted out to be. And for a team that so many people just don't care about or have given up on, you know, this Justin Herbert thing might actually be a real take. I'm, I, I don't think this is an 
outrageous take in my opinion i don't think it's outrageous either but you guys might hit us up on our socials okay well now that we've gotten that segment i'm looking forward to that segment in the future oh yeah you guys want to be secret guest contributors on there dm us on our social media at launch codes football on instagram twitter and youtube comment like subscribe and follow send us your hot takes and we'll discuss them every week And so I think it's probably about time for us to start wrapping up here. But um, before we do that, let's get into our picks for next week. For sure. And we'll explain why we're picking the team. So um, Game number one. Green Bay Packers at San Francisco 49ers. Considering two-thirds of the 49ers team is injured, I'm going with the Packers. Not because they have Aaron Rodgers, but because two-thirds of the 49ers team is injured. I think that's fair. The Packers, I take I take the Packers in this game. I think they're going to bounce back from their last game. And, and I think Aaron Jones yeah. is going to be back, please, so I can win my fantasy week. Game two, Denver Broncos versus Atlanta Falcons. All right, not going to lie. For this game, I pick the Falcons. I feel like they're due a legitimate win, and the Broncos are bad. Cortland Sutton's out. Drew Locke is mediocre at best. Phillip, Phillip, you know, he's... What's his name? Philip. What's his face? They're running back. Uh, Philip Lindsay. Yeah, he's fine. He's good. But the Falcons, if you look at their offense, their offense is actually pretty good. It's just their defense that's trash. So, I mean, I think that if Todd Gurley has a big day, that, you know, they beat the Broncos. I don't think it'll be a lot. I think they'll win by like one. But I have the Falcons. I think they're due for a legitimate win. I'm going with Denver in this one. They just had a clutch win against... Uh, the Chargers, and so I think, and I guess the Falcons did just have a win too recently, but I think Denver will, I'm picking them to pull this one out, so. All right, game number three, Seattle Seahawks at the Buffalo Bills. Who do you got? I got Seahawks, and I put in parentheses here because of DK. I mean, retweet. I mean, I know I try not to be somebody who overrates offensive players too much to the point where I feel like if they don't have them, they can't be a good offense. Obviously, Seattle's shown they can be a great offense with with anybody. It seems. I mean, before they had DK, they were a great offense. Yeah, but DK Metcalf is just—he's transformed them. He's the man, the Megatron of our generation, the triple teamer, the catching through pass interferencer. It's just insane. He's also on my fantasy team, so I may be biased. Oh, you're definitely biased, but that's fine. I think it's a fair bias. The runs a 4-5-40, runs down someone going down the field, tackles him legitimately. (laughs) Wow, what a man. The memes that have come out of that play, just crazy. I saw them the other day. It's Corey Asbury, his song, Reckless Love. Mm -hmm. And it was like God catching up to you. (laughs) <laughs> and God was DK Metcalf and you were the other guy and the song was playing in the background that got me that I, sent me not gonna lie I think I, I love that I think I think God made DK Metcalf something different I'll put it that way I agree but, I'm going with the Seahawks too I think the Bills are good I think the Seahawks are better even at Buffalo unless it's snowing if it snows Ooh, I could see the Bills winning but if it doesn't snow, I still got the Seahawks. Check your forecasts before you start anybody on fantasy. Download the Weather Channel app at www.appstore.com. All right, game number four. Chicago Bears at Tennessee Titans. Who you got? As an AFC Souther, I hate to say this, but I'm going with the Titans. 
they're just a better all-around team than the Bears and have out as we've discussed the Bears offense is literally terrible so I don't think they're good enough to overcome a halfway decent Titans defense yeah I think I'm even though they have one of the worst passing defenses in the league the Titans do but they just pick someone up in free agency who might impact that but we can get into that in a few minutes okay um so yeah I'm going with the Titans I think that the Bears don't have that great of an offense. They have a great defense. And if that defense can get turnovers, then we can see what can happen. If but they get three pick sixes, this game is the Bears. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think even if they force some fumbles or like just kind of get Tennessee off their rhythm and are able to hold, you know, even if Derrick Henry gets his yards, if they can hold others, keep others from getting theirs, then maybe maybe they can pull this one out, but I'm going with the Titans. Yeah, if they can get turnovers in their own part of the field, I think that they could win, but I don't think they'll be able to. I think Mac will get a couple of sacks, and really outside of that, I don't really see anything else happening. Um, so next we have the Baltimore Ravens at Indianapolis Colts. Who you got? Okay, this is going to show how unbiased I am in this podcast. I picked the Ravens, even though they're at Indianapolis. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it'll come down to the last drive. And I think that inevitably, Lamar Jackson will have a 50-yard run, and that will seal it. (laughs) You're calling it it But it hurts me. I think it'll be close. I think both teams will score at least 20 points. I could see it being like a 30-27 victory for the Falcons, not the Falcons, for the Ravens. But in my heart, I have the Colts. But my in my intellect, I have the Ravens. I am unbiased. That's fair. I mean, hey, props to you for trying to be unbiased here. I'm going with the Colts, though. Oh, man. I, the reason I'm going with them is because, you know, I think the Ravens just had a poor game. And who knows? It might take them another game to be able to bounce back and win. And I don't think the Colts are a pushover. They have a winning record, and they've beaten teams They've done their thing. I think they do have a young, good defense. They have a great offensive line. And personally, I think, and the Ravens, they may score a lot of points on you, and they can. But if the Colts can limit the running offense for for the Ravens, then I think the Colts could potentially pull this one out. If the Colts can keep the Ravens under 100 yards rushing and they can force field goals, mm-hmm. the Colts can win. Yeah. But if they can't do that, I don't think they're going to win. But That's in my heart... I have them as victors. Well, next game here. Carolina Panthers at Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm a Panthers fan, but... Are you crying every time? You know, I hope not. That I hope that they don't win this one. But I think also... And McCaffrey's coming back. I think there could be a potential game out of this one. But I think overall, the, the Panthers' defense is just... It's young. It's inexperienced. They're secondary... It's not Corn Elder. I think the, the man. I Who think, names their kid Corn? Corn <laughs> Elder. Are we just making fun of people now on this? I don't know. Corn Elder is my favorite player on the defense of the Panthers. Hey, I he mean, doesn't even start, but he's my favorite. He's not a bad player for us, but overall, I think they have some decent pieces on defense. Like Jeremy Chin has been great for the Panthers, and. Um, Brian Burns is a very good defensive player, and Derek when you turn Gross Matos well. gets playing time, he'll be lights out as well. And, and Gross Matos is actually, yeah, he has played well. He did well against Kyler Murray against the Cardinals. If but only you guys had Luke Keekley. 
yeah, the linebacking core isn't that great right now. Rip and, Shaq Thompson. And so I just think Andy Reid is going to know exactly what to do against us. But um, who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. I also think the Chiefs defense is better than people think. Um, Definitely better than it was last year. Last year it was bad. I, th- I mean, they won the Super Bowl, so. <laughs> yeah, but they also had Patrick Mahomes. They still so, do. I mean, <laughs> you can't really argue against that. I think, but I think overall I'm going with the Chiefs on this one. I'm also going with the Chiefs. Panthers are my second favorite team, but the Panthers could not be more severely outmatched on defense by a team outside mm-hmm. of the Chiefs. That's all I have to say. That's fair. Uh, next game we got here is Detroit at Minnesota. Who you got? Um, I got the Vikings. I think that their running back, Dalvin Cook, is going to have another big game. Uh, the Lions lost Kenny Galladay in their game against us on Sunday. So their starting wide receiver is going to be Marvin Jones, who's no pushover. Marvin Jones, he is a good wide receiver. But Kenny Galladay is better. I think that Kirk Cousins has a bounce-back game, and I think that Dalvin Cook runs all over them and has two touchdowns. Okay. Well, I'm going with the Lions on this one. I think they've played a lot of close games this year, and even with Galladay out, they I think Matthew Stafford can make things work with the offense. Um, and I think that overall we could see it i mean the lions i think have a better record they do have a better record than minnesota i believe um not by much if it's about it's either better slightly better or about the same they're pretty evenly matched they're pretty evenly matched so i'm gonna go with the lions on this one kind of a toss-up um the lions have played most teams tough and you gotta give them props for that but so we'll see what goes on in that game Next, we have the New York Giants playing the Washington football Matchup of the week. Oh, my goodness. Like, marquee. If everyone in the country isn't watch it, watching this one. They're really a- missing out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be a good game. I think it'll be close. It could be a good game between bad teams. This week, I'm going with Washington. Do I have a reason? No. Are they better than the Giants? Yes. Could they lose? Yes. Could Kyle Allen drop four touchdowns on the Giants? Absolutely. Am I going to watch it? No. I got Washington. Okay. I think that's fair. I mean, that's about how I feel. I think Kyle Allen has proven in Washington he can beat bad teams. and Most people can beat bad teams. And so I'm going to go with Washington on this one. And... Because I think at least with Washington, it seems like they have somewhat of a future going. I feel like they have some type of plan being in the in the works. And also, Ron Rivera is battling cancer, so I know that's got to be He rang the him, bell the other day. He finished his last treatment. That's awesome. Love that's that great. for him. Um, I really, even though, yeah, I'm a Panthers fan, so maybe I'm partial. But I think Ron Rivera is a good coach. I think he can turn them around. Um, but I did think it was his time in Carolina to go, so... Um, next game we got is the Texans playing the Jaguars. I'm going to go with the Texans. This is still not uh, an intriguing still matchup. Bad. This is still two it's bad teams. Pretty bad. I think, I mean, to be, to be honest, I'm going with this, the Texans because I, they have Deshaun Watson. Maybe that's not the most analytical approach, but I mean, isn't it though? They have the superstar <laughs> quarterback. So yeah, me, I'm going with the Texans too, for two reasons. Number one. Bill O'Brien is gone. That makes the Texans 10 times better than they were when he was there, even if they're still not that good. Number two, Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's a top five quarterback in the league. 
if not top seven. Can't really argue with that. The Giants, Gardner Menchu's not playing this week. He has like a fractured finger, I think. So they're going to have their rookie in, who's not going to play good. Not that the Texans' defense is anything to be desired, but I think J.J. Watt will get a sack, and I think Deshaun Watson will throw for three touchdowns. Okay. I think, yeah, and I could easily see that happening. So next game we got here is the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Los Angeles Chargers. This is an intriguing game. This could be a game that could either be really good or really bad. I, I think this will be a good game, personally. I'm going with the Raiders on this one. I'm going to go with the Raiders, too. I don't think that Derek Carr... Derek Carr is no slouch, and he's no pushover. I think that if you're looking at the quarterback play right now between Carr and Herbert, that Herbert's playing better, obviously. But David Carr, he's not a pushover. Yeah. I think they're going to go into Los Angeles and steal a game from the Chargers simply because their defense isn't good. I mean, they just trade away Desmond King for, like, a packet of peanut butter crackers. So, I mean, if anything, their defense is worse now than it was last week. And yeah. they lost last week because of their defense. So mm-hmm. I think that the I, I think the thing with me is that the Raiders have, well, the Chargers have not been able to finish out games, close games. And so by them not being able to do that, I just feel as if, the Raiders will probably win this one unless they're able to finally close this one out. It shows something that they're willing to be competitive in each game, and I think that's a great sign for them for the yeah, future. Yeah, it's promising for their future. Yeah, but as of But right for now, this game, probably not. Yeah, so. All right, next game. Um, we got Steelers and Cowboys. I will say, if Dak Prescott was playing in this game, this game would probably be the game of the week because this is a really interesting matchup if Dallas was playing up to its capacity. Except Dallas isn't. So, obviously, I'm picking Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh, like I've said, is arguably the best team in the NFL. And I think their defense is going to pick off their practice squad quarterback multiple times who's going to be starting because Andy Dalton got put on the COVID IR. So, he's not playing. And their other guy was just bad. Their Dang. rookie, he was he was bad. Not yeah. good. So, I got the Steelers. I yeah. think Chase Claypool goes off, has two touchdowns. James Conner is... 70-plus yards and a touchdown. I think this is a game where that Steelers defense is They're going to show what they're made of. I think they're looking forward to it. They're hungry for this one. Not because they... Ben DiNucci, the savior? Apparently not. I I just think that the Steelers, you know, this might be a stat pad game. It could be. It it is the NFL. There could be a, a huge upset, and that would be impressive. I would not deny that, but... Um, I personally don't see it. I'm going with the Steelers. Uh, next game we got Miami versus the Cardinals. I got the Cardinals in this one. I think that Tua will play better than his first game, but I don't think that he'll be perfect. And I don't think the Dolphins are – their defense I don't think is good enough to keep up with arguably the best wide receiver core in the NFL of the Cardinals. So I'm going with Atlanta – not Atlanta. I'm going with Arizona. I go, I'm going the same – I'm picking the Cardinals for this one, but I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't think the Cardinals' offense is going to be able to fly as easily as it has in some games. And I think that the Miami Dolphins are a tough team. So, um, Next game we got Saints at Tampa Bay. Okay, this is actually a good game. This, is, this will be a good game. Um, I'm going to go Saints with... just traded for Quan Alexander. So their linebacking core just went way up. Quan Alexander's a top five linebacker in the league. I'm personally going to go with 
This is a tough one. It's kind of a toss-up, but I think... Do we know if Brown is playing for this game, or is that undecided? I want to say he's not playing. Okay. I think I'm going to go with Tampa. I may be biased because as a Panthers fan, I really don't like the Saints. To be fair, they're both in your division. Yeah, I mean, but Tampa, up until they got Brady, has not been very good. We beat up on Tampa a lot. But I think overall, um, Tampa is probably the favorite for this game. So I'll go with them. But I could see the Saints pulling this one out too. They've already beaten them once. So Tampa has to win this game if they want to win the division, I think. Because New Orleans is not that far off. Yeah, and I mean, the Bucks are playing the Saints at home. So at least they don't have to go to NOLA. NOLA. At least they don't have to go there. But, I mean, I think the Bucks have finally reached the capacity that they're capable of. Even in the Giants game, you saw Gronk had a touchdown. You saw some big catches from Mike Evans. You saw Fournette break some big runs. So I think that they have finally reached the point where they're all gelling as a group. And I don't think that they'll stomp the Saints. I think the Saints will give mm-hmm. them a good game. And I think it'll go down in the final quarter. But I do think that Tom Brady is going to pull it out. That's fair. Well, so the last Our game last marquee to... matchup of the week. The New England Patriots at the New York Jets. Who you got? I'm going with the Patriots. I think they can. this is a game where they can use to bounce back. You're and saying Sam Darnold is not going to throw four touchdowns. I mean, you know, if he does, all props to him. But, man, like, it just doesn't look like the New York Jets can win a game. They might be able to, but... As it won't right come now, against the Patriots, though. I, yeah, I think if anything, you know... The Patriots are more talented than them right now. And that obviously talent doesn't always equal wins, but I'm going with New England on this one. I'm going with New England too. I think Cam Newton has a bounce back game. I think he has 150 plus passing yards and a few touchdowns. So I think the Patriots will take this game at the Jets. Not that that's really any question anyways, because the Jets are terrible. Maybe Adam Gase will get fired at halftime and that'll make it entertaining. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you know Jets fans would really love that i think all nfl fans would take some amount of happiness from that yeah well um is there anything else we wanted to think on talk about throw out there i mean really outside the trade deadline like i said earlier it was one of the most boring trade deadlines of my entire life really the only big things that i highlighted were Chargers traded defensive back desmond king to the tennessee for a pack of peanut butter crackers and he is very good And he's going to a team that has one of the worst pass defenses in the league. So that's a big steal for Tennessee, which makes me sad because they're in my division. Uh, The 49ers trade Quan Alexander to New Orleans for Kiko Alonso in a conditional fifth-round pick. I mean, that's a good trade for New Orleans. I mean, Quan Alexander is a top-five linebacker in the league. Mm. So that's a big steal for them. And then the Steelers acquired Avery Williamson from the Jets. Because the Jets are just shipping everyone out, rebuilding from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And they got a fifth-round pick in exchange for that. And Avery Williamson will be replacing Devin Bush, who was a huge contributor on the Steelers' defense. And honestly, their defense would probably be even better if he was there. But they lost him to a season-ending injury, so he's out. So he's going to take his place, fill in what he can. And I think that that's a good trade for the Steelers. That's going to help their linebackers a lot, especially in coverage. But really, outside of that, that's all I got for the trade deadline. It was really boring. Yeah, I do have to wonder how much of the trade deadline was impacted by COVID-19. Absolutely. I think think that um, 
I heard um, some talking about it and saying that, you know, the problem with trading right now is there's so many COVID protocols and trading to get a new guy on your team. You don't know what's happening. You don't know where they've been, who they've seen, what their COVID regulations in their previous city were, what they are in this city, if they'd have to quarantine for two weeks. There's just so many questionables. I think that definitely influenced it for sure. Yeah. So... It's sad, but, you know, luckily, I'm glad that we can still have football, still have something normal going on. Um, and I hope anybody listening is staying safe out there with everything. For sure. So, Well, yeah. guys, that's going to wrap us up for today. Thanks for listening. Tune back in next Tuesday for more content. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at underscore LC football underscore because Launch Codes Football was too long for Twitter. Thanks, Twitter. Instagram at Launch Codes Football and YouTube at Launch Codes Football. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Chris.